available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Everyone back to the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the podcast of champions talking all things Pac-12 football. Of course, David's going to make his levels go up and down, making the audio editing even more difficult, of course, but... It wasn't just the volume. It was also like just the modulation of my voice. There was a mm. lot of difference from start to finish there. Yes. Just I was trying to give everyone the full effect so that you actually can't properly adjust the volume <laughs> in your car while you're driving. Yeah. So, you know, you, you know, show me I mean, last week. You, your publicist tells me you're not coming. And... I support active listening is what I'm saying. Here. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I, uh, I was very busy, um, and you know it was it was an important uh, time, and that's why my publicist reached out to you. Uh, you don't have one of your own. I um, don't, and no. uh, they conveyed to you my apologies. Yes, uh, but we're back back in studio today, and we, it's a little special. So it's Thursday morning. We have Pac-12 football tonight. Uh, Petros and Money have that, like, that button. There's like tonight. Like kind of think of every time I say that, I think about that. But we're also here in studio. We had a donut. And cheers, David. We have mimosas. Yes. Yes. So by the end of this show, we might not be fully coherent. Yeah. So we're going to, by the end of the show, we'll be, we'll drink a bottle of champagne, which is good. Yeah. So something that needed to happen. Thursday morning. And we got uh, Pac-12 football tonight. So hopefully uh, we get through the whole show and it should be a lot of fun. But I'm looking forward to it. We're, we were 1-0 uh, picking games from last week. We both took the Bruins. We'll get into all that. We got our power rankings. The suicide pool, the should I call it survivor pool or suicide pool? I was like probably, probably survivor because we got some crap last year, and I think it was well justified crap in that we tend to be a little hyperbolic and we say things like, "Oh, watching that game made me want to kill myself," <laughs> um, and uh, that's not super sensitive to no. those uh, suffering um, from uh, suicidal thoughts. So yeah, let's go survivor pool. What the hell? It's yeah. no difference to us. I, I when I tweeted out, I'm like, I'm gonna tweet survivor, like yeah. instead of so. Yeah, just, let's let's do our part here. I'm trying. We'll do try to do our part. Uh, definitely support mental health and uh, out there in society. But we got the survivor pool, so make sure you got to do it every week. Uh, the link is up. We put it up on Pac12Podcast.com, and we'll tweet it out and we'll tweet it out again. You got to get in your picks before all the games. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, we got a bunch of questions this week. Uh, keep sending them in. Pac12Podcast at gmail.com. Is the email address. You could call or text us a question. I think we have a text and a, and a voicemail this week. 424-532-0678 is the number. You can tweet us at Pac-12Podcast or tweet us by me. David will do it unless I say something that he doesn't like. And then he'll get on the Twitter. But that's really the only And so I'll say things just to be controversial, just to get David active on the Twitter again. Yeah, yeah, and it'll more than likely succeed. <laughs> I know how to play. I'm, I'm easily manipulated. <laughs> uh, we've got a donut. We've got mimosas. The website, packedwithpodcast.com. 
David doesn't want you to go there. I want you to go there. But especially the link for the uh, suicide pool actually went to every single message board. You just called it suicide pool. Yeah. I'm sorry. The survivor pool. Uh, every single message board I went across uh, on the network, 24-7 Sports Network, and posted uh, a link there. So hopefully people are up for it and uh, yeah. picking their games. Um, we can also go over the Reddit. I just posted uh, the the survivor pool over on Reddit. Reddit.com slash, pod, slash R slash podcast of champions. More importantly, though, Apple Podcasts, we got this thing going, and it's working really well. So if you give us a five-star review, it just helps grow the show. There's just more people get to see it when people are searching for you know sports podcasts or whatever. So that's why we ask. It just helps us out. And leave us some something funny in the review. You can trash us or whatever. Well, our good friends over at Jockey started giving us, I mean, not like $25 gift cards, not fi- like $100 gift cards like to just give away for cool reviews. We already gave, I think, six of them or something. Or four, no, we gave away four of them because we, we had six and we each we took one. We had to you know sample right. the goods. We got a bunch more. Uh, and so the reviews are back. So if, if anyone uh, leaves a great review, we're going to give you a Jockey gift card. I sent one out from the, the last show. Already, I got a, I got a whole system now because you know, obviously David doesn't do any of this. It's just at home. I got the envelopes. I, I set up the logistics. Yeah, right. I work with the vendors. I'm a people person. <laughs> David has no idea what's going on with it. But what we're doing, David, is we're giving away these gift cards to our best review. And I think I think we have like a record number of reviews for a one week show now. To be fair, the show was a solo show, so those are very popular when I right, do the show right, right. by myself. No, they're, they're all very positive about your solo show, yes. and that's why they um, reviewed That's this. what I was assuming. We haven't yeah, looked at them yet. Uh, we'll put it very succinctly. What we want is the rating of a five-star review and the content of a one-star review. Yeah, that's good. I that's like that that's kind of the gist we're going for here. Ideally. Um, so let's start off. We've got eight reviews. Let's read them quick. <laughs> this is from MC DeCoste, five-star review. Jockeying for draft day. They've got us all grinding away in the five-star review depth charts in the hope that some of us break through and get paid someday. Ryan and Dave have made a perfect analog for college football at large. Thank you. Thomas in Malibu, five stars. Well done. Great podcast. Entertaining and informative. Uh, that's just... I don't, he must not listen. Yeah, I don't I don't think he understands. <laughs> Thomas, you have your listen? No, yeah, yeah, no, okay. you haven't. No, but you we appreciate it. Thank you, Thomas. Yeah, but he clearly hasn't listened to the show. <laughs> Um, this is from Eddie R2, uh, the Scott Frost of Pac-12 Podcast. Ooh, I like the start of this. The third best show about the fourth best Power 5 conference. I just wish they knew anything about football or life in general. Love it. <sighs> he's, unfortunately, he's completely right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is from Warren C. Poop stain. Okay, this is starting off good, too. Uh, the podcast equivalent of your greasiest, fattiest, guilty pleasure food. Every week, I think I will enjoy Ryan and Dave ramble on on random topics with the occasional mention of the Pac-12, just like I think I will enjoy consuming an In-N-Out 4x4 with animal fries and a milkshake. But after listening every week, I get that same sick-to-my-stomach feeling of regret and shame, along with the uncontrollable diarrhea that occurs after. If only I could get my hands on a jockey gift card to buy some underwear. I mean, that's, that's a, a contender. I mean, that's a real contender right con- there. What's the animal fries? What are those? Animal fries are the fries with like grilled onions and like um, thousand island dressing on top and stuff and cheese. Oh, I could do that. Like, I don't like pickles. Are the, are the, no, no, no pickles. They don't do pickles. No pickles. Okay. I mean, except what's part of like the thousand island dressing. Like the, that's fine. Yeah, know, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. The relish. I love cucumbers. I don't don't like pickles for some reason. Like, I just never did. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Like I love both, both sour and dill. You just can't do any of them. I, yeah, I don't know. They're all the same to me. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's from Roll On You Bears. Go Bears. When it comes to the National Football Championship, the Pac-12 might not have, hor- not, might not have a horse in the race, but at least we have a jockey. 
Ooh. Ooh, I like the pandering. Probably not a contender, though. Working at the, you know, works our sponsor in. Okay. We do believe in pandering, though. Yes. Uh, Trunky Coastal Kid, the soundtrack to Watering My Lawn. I listened to around 33% of episodes released by these guys. This podcast features a couple of Ryan, an unapologetic Trader Joe's corporate shill who radiates <laughs> the energy of a warmly received high school physics teacher with a healthy marriage, and David, who I'd venture to say dabbles in second tier crypto and has a preference for Asian women. In their coverage, David and <laughs> David and Ryan provide the appropriately placed apathy and lack of preparation the Pac-12 deserves in 2021. If Jockey delivers, I'll finally be equipped to stop freeballing in public. Truly a win-win for all, as Ryan said the other day. I like that. Uh, it's well done. I would say uh, assessments are 100% wrong. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. And this Take that is, for what you will. Yeah. This is from Dan underscore 118. Just fun. A podcast more fun than one of Lucrezia... <laughs> Lucrezia Borgia's wine and the anthrax parties. Love who's, it. Who's Lucrezia Borgia? Uh, she was the uh, daughter of a, uh, I think he ended up being a pope. Oh. Uh, the Borgia family. They were big on uh, incest and killing people in wow. Italy in the 1500s. Yeah. I, I don't know why that wasn't on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Very smart of you, David. Uh, this is Marcus Aurelius Udub. Excellent podcast. Five stars. If you're a fan of PB&J with the perfect ratio of peanut butter and jelly, keep moving. This podcast is as lopsided as Trump's comb over. Ryan puts the team on his back on a weekly basis. I'm still trying to figure out if David is a college football fan or just lost a bet and has to podcast now. <laughs> if Greg Jennings and Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh had a, had a football podcast, this is it. Keep up the good works. Keep up the good work. Go dogs. Wow, that's a good one too. For me, it's between poop stain and that one. Yeah, that's what I would I would say too. As far I mean, those are some strong reviews. I mean, we have to be crushing the review thing right now. These people are awesome. Our, I literally like we don't deserve the listeners we have. No, we truly don't. I mean, as obvious by the content of what you're listening to right now. Um, where do you want to go? Since you are on hiatus, I'll let you. Pick. I'm going to go poop stain. Okay, yeah, that's it's a strong one. Look, I'm a I'm a I'm a child at heart, and um, poop stain makes me laugh. Just as a subject line, so yeah, Marcus Aurelius, email us anyway, and we'll see what we can. Yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, we'll we see do. what we can do. That's yeah, a maybe good we'll one do too. another yeah, one because yeah. that was like that was really strong too. I yeah. mean, strong contenders this yeah. week. Cool. Thanks everyone for your reviews. Awesome reviews. Thank you guys so much. Um, okay, so we got a little. We'll do some little um, breaking news kind of stuff. Uh, you know, you don't like this stuff. I did a lot of it. Lose I last love week. news. I love news. I did a lot of news last week. Uh, I just so, don't like your filter for news. Do you know who <laughs> is the starting quarterback at Oregon State, David Woods? Will you tell me? Sam Neuer. Oh, my gosh. Yes. If you remember him from Colorado. Actually, funny. I talked to uh, Katie Nixon this week uh, at USC practice and stuff. And, you know, he was really excited. He was like, yeah, he likes Carl Durrell. He sat out last year for Colorado. But. I, I wish he had played. He hadn't played with Sam Noyer, but uh, I was. I wanted to get like his thoughts because, like, hey, Sam Noyer's a starter at Oregon State, so he might have gone against him when Sam Noyer was at safety. Oh, maybe, yeah, yeah. No chance, Nolan. No uh, Tristan Jebbia. Uh, are you a little surprising? I mean, it seems a little shocking. No, I mean, because honestly, I, I wasn't too impressed with um, uh, what Oregon State had at the quarterback position last year, and Sam Noyer fell apart at the end of the year. Um, but at the beginning of the year, remember we were talking about it, and it was like. That dude was a former safety, and he's playing well. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he recaptured his form a little bit from the beginning of last year. Uh, Jonathan Smith, I, I've got a lot of trust in him as a selector and a developer of quarterbacks. So 
I'm, you know, by the time Jake Luton was whatever in his eighth or ninth year, um, he looked pretty damn good at quarterback. So um, <laughs> I think Jonathan Smith here, um, you know, I'm going to put my uh, my faith in uh, in Mr. Smith and say Sam Neuer uh, showed him something and, and looks good enough to start. So, um, yeah, I'm interested in this one. Certainly a little bit of a surprise, though. Yeah, a little bit of a surprise. We'll see how he uh, uh, plays out uh, up there in Corvallis. Sticking in the Pacific Northwest, uh, more Nick Rolovich issues. I forgot to talk about this a lot because I talked to like a Washington State. He's now getting issues at a higher rate than Mike Leach, which I, which I did not anticipate. Yeah. There is, I mean, Dan Wolken for the U- USA Today wrote a column. It was basically like, you shouldn't have coaches like this in college football no. anymore. Like these, and it just, it just turns so quickly. And, um, I mean, remember when he was having like the little uh, get-togethers at bars in Pullman? What like happened? That? What like, happened to this he, guy? I just I was so looking forward to this, and Con- now it's con- like it's conspiracy. Brain. It's like creepy conspiracy yeah. brain took over coach brain. Hundred percent. I think I was listening to one show. It might have been like the Rainer Troy show, but they had talked about like they mentioned you, like the conspiracy brain thing. It's like it's hundred percent right. He is not backing down. I'm assuming he's not going to get vaccinated before that October 18th deadline. But now he's being sued by former player Cassidy Woods. Great name. It's uh, it's a yeah. I don't like the last name. Strong last name. It's yeah. You know, it's kind of weak to me. It's a good family name. Very you know, just like very. Blah it's got, blah. It's got a strong lineage. <laughs> I don't think it's. It's a, <laughs> a lot of incest. There's a lot of no. I'm just kidding. Whatever. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's just, the problems just keep mounting and. As far as like distractions go on the field, like that's why I'm not picking them to do a whole lot up there. I mean, I just feel like things are falling apart. I can't imagine him being the coach next year, you know? No, it seems like he's created far too many issues. Um, and this is kind of stuff that I think affects his overall career because when you are a college football coach, you're being hired by universities and university presidents have to sign off on your hire and like all this stuff. And this kind of dumb stuff doesn't play well with virtually any university presidents. It's not just a uh, Pac-12 thing or a Big Ten thing. Yeah. Like University presidents at Alabama, at Auburn, don't want to hear this crap from their coach. No. And I, I, you know, on the show last week, I had talked to someone that's really familiar with the Washington State situation, and he was telling me, yeah, I mean, like, it's like they're embarrassed for him. Like, the, you know, everyone around the administration – the the higher ups there they're like this is crazy you know and but what can you do like it's it's really hard you you know it's it, it was like the thought of firing him right now was on their mind but like you just can't do it you know i mean i that's why i just can't imagine like they're going to probably get through the season and have to go another direction yeah i mean if he gets wild during the season they i mean i i would imagine and i'm not a legal expert certainly not on contract law but i imagine there's some for cause element to this at some point um, make a safety concern argument or whatever it is, but I think they could probably at least get into that argument. Um, but then you're making it even uglier. Um, so, yeah, not a good situation. Yeah, and it, and I don't know if you know this, but there's still like a pandemic out there apparently. Yeah, true, true, true. Um, Which is part of why his brain is broken. Yeah, but even with like teams that are like super vaccinated, fully vaccinated, like I think we're going to see some potential COVID problems this year around oh, yeah. college football. And I should just, be, I, and I should be clear. Like I'm sensitive to people who've had broken brains by the pandemic. Like Nick Rolovich, like I'm, I'm sympathetic to somebody who's like got, you know, coaching brain has uh, has been overridden by conspiracy brain. But still, you can't have this as a public figure. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, it's this is a tough one. 
So we'll see what happens. But I feel like, you know, just like Arizona State, there's going to be another shoe to drop here at some point. And when is a drop? I don't know. Like if it's a if you're going to miss a game because of COVID or whatever. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have to see. But whatever. Hopefully, I mean, you, you feel bad for the players that are having to deal with all this stuff up there. Some really good dudes. Um, you just wish he would kind of like change his tune a little bit. But he's just he's dug his heels in. And I, I don't know where this is yeah, going to go. Yeah, he's fully dug in. Okay, um, so the survivor pool, we want to you know bring up that again. So make sure you go make your picks. Uh, we have it up on the website. We put it up on Reddit. Uh, this week, I'm going to pick uh, Washington State over Utah State. And I am picking Colorado over Northern Colorado. All right, so those are our picks in the survivor pool, and we'll – um, thanks to, I think it's Matthew that, that was putting it all together again. He's do, doing a, uh, a great job of that. So yeah, big, I think, uh, Washington state's a pretty big favorite, uh, in that one. 17 point favorites. Okay. And, uh, is Colorado a big favorite? 38 point favorites. Oh, they're a big favorite. Okay. Um, that's a big one. Yeah. It's a little bit bigger. Yeah. Honestly, Utah state's a little close for me in week one. 17 points, and we don't know what to expect from Wazoo under Nick Rolovich. Well, you got to pick Wazoo, and I'm going to try to pick him like now before like all the wheels fall they've, off. They've got an FCF school next week. Eh, that's true. Just saying. All right. Well, I didn't put a lot of thought into this. As you, as I, I'm imagine. not saying. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, you can pick him next week. Uh, okay. So we have to do our, um, I think we call this Pac 12 Roundup. Power rankings? Uh, do we do that before the power rankings? I don't know, man. It's the roundup. So, so is this the roundup? Yeah, yeah. So the roundup. Because in other weeks, we'll actually have games to recap. We'll have a whole bunch of games. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Now it all you comes remember together. Remember how this works? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did go over this before the show, but that was like half a mimosa that was, ago. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I think he has less mimosa left than I do. So um, You've been doing more talking. I've been doing more talking, yeah. That's kind of the way that, you know, there's a lot of... Carry this. No, no, no. It's when it's when we're answering questions about things that are unrelated to football that I talk. Yes. And it's when we're going over news that's relevant to the people, like relevant to people who actually are listening to this show that you talk. Yeah. Um, it's a good mix we have. So we spent many minutes coming up with our power rankings. Well, I wouldn't say minutes, maybe minutes. <laughs> maybe 45 seconds. And yeah. literally the first school that each of us mentioned for each spot is what got written here. Yeah, I was like, if you just had, if you felt really strongly about that, yeah, sure, that look, that works. So we'll go over our power rankings from 12 to 1 preseason. And then uh, as, we'll do this every week, but then we'll also uh, recap the games as they happen. Obviously, there was only one game in week zero, so... When we get to that one, we'll play it. So first off, our number 12 team. Arizona Wildcats. Wow. 12, 12 with a bullet, Ryan. Yeah. Maybe. They're, we'll they're like, there's, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. excited. I'm excited about Arizona football this year. I am. It's hard to pick them, but uh, I'm excited for Arizona football. Uh, we both didn't pick them to have a great record, but they're going to be a lot better, I think. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely like, some excitement there. So way better than what it was. Before. Uh, number 11. Washington State Cougars. Wouldn't have them here, except there's some weird-ass stuff going on like we talked about. So um, we'll see. Maybe they can turn things around. David's having some... Uh, I've got a I've got a hair in my mouth, and so nice. I was picking at it. Um, yeah, no, Washington State. Um, yeah, they're probably not going to be very good. Okay. <laughs> uh, our number 10 team. Oregon State Beavers. <laughs> 
So we don't know. I, I probably would have them higher because I picked them to do better than our next team. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a hard thing to judge at this point. We'll see what Sam Neuer looks like. If he's the answer at quarterback, then maybe this team's a lot better than we think. I did real feast or famine on most of my picks. Like teams are going to like crush it or get crushed, which is never happens. Which it's is always, almost never the way it works in the Pac-12. Right. It's like when you pick all number one seeds to make the final four. Like yeah. that never happens. No. Like it looks good on paper. I did this, and uh, I know except it's for be- the one time UCLA had like a really really good team in the last twenty years. Then of course it was all number one seeds. Two thousand eight. Yeah. I'm still bitter. Uh, yeah, but whatever. So we we did that. Okay, our number nine team, Stanford Cardinal. Still think they drop off a cliff this year. Yeah, they're they're with a they're ninth with a bullet downward. They're ninth holding and they anchor. could end up twelfth at some point this year. Yes, that's their possibility. Uh, well, especially because they play all power. F- yeah, they could teams. they could lose a lot of games this year. Yeah. Uh, okay, our number uh, eighteen, Colorado Buffalo. We're getting into the true unknowns for me this year because Colorado could be a contender in the South. I don't know. I'm not banking on it, but no, but like they've got the possibility. Arizona doesn't have the ability to be a contender, but Colorado now you're in the position of those. Uh, one of the five teams that has a chance. I think they've got the least chance of the five, but they actually do have a chance. I mean, like Colorado and Stanford had like good records, but then are you, you know, how much of it was smoke and mirrors and all that Stanford's stuff? was softer than Colorado's, but yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, our number seven team, California Golden Bears. <laughs> this is a team that I think could be lower, could certainly be a lot higher. Um, I think they're going to finish third in the North. But Can I divulge something? Yeah. The team I am consistently, year after year, least interested in, Cal. Especially under like Justin, Justin Wilcox? Especially under Justin Wilcox. It just has seemed very boring. Like, Tedford era, that was fun. Sonny Dykes era was even kind of fun. Yeah. Like, they were throwing the ball around a bunch. Tedford, or uh, Wilcox era, meh. The only thing that keeps me interested, can you guess? Chase Garbage. Yeah, of 100%. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man, crush. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, no, he's he's going to be the answer. I mean, every game he plays, they should win. So they could be eleven and one if he stays healthy. Like I don't even know how to talk about Cal if Chase Garbers wasn't there. So no, 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 he's the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so we're going to get the top half now. We got number six, Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> yeah, and for me, like teams two through six are all really close together. Yeah. So ASU being at six, don't take it hard, ASU fans. They could easily be two in a week if we like the way and they, they could look be one. one. Like who knows? Like, yeah, no. I mean, honestly, one through six, I don't have strong feelings. About. Right, but again, this is a thing where does everything just fall apart at some point? You yeah, know? and that's why they're getting this low because uh, you know there's always the chance that Herm or somebody meaningful actually gets suspended, and not just like random assistants like Ryan keeps telling me about every week. <laughs> There hasn't been any new assistants suspended for a while, so that's a good that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. Here's another team I think that could be significantly higher, but we'll have to wait and see. We got number five, Utah Utes. The Utes play tonight, and we'll preview that in a few minutes. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to see Utah this year. I'm excited to see that quarterback situation, the running back situation. I'm excited to see everything with Utah because I'm anticipating that this is once again going to be a very good Utah team. They got some, I mean, just transfer portal Galore. up the wazoo. Yes. Not, no pun intended about wazoo. But, um, yeah, transfer portal guys. Um, you know, we'll see. You know, when we're talking about the team that played this weekend, they had a good transfer. 
running back. I think Utah's going to have to rely on that a little bit. Um, we know, you know, you got the the Baylor quarterback. Uh, what am I blanking on his name? It's um, Charlie Brewer. Charlie Brewer, yeah. Uh, coming in. So, yeah, this should be interesting. Uh, our number four team we have. Washington Huskies. <laughs> and the last few years, Washington has been a contender with me for Cal for, like, least interesting team to watch, mostly because of just the way they play on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I'm hoping this year is a little bit more interesting. And also, I think they should be good. Like, I think there's so. every reason, schedule-wise, plus the returning talent, they should be good. Um, if they're not, then I think you have to start uh, wondering about Jimmy Lake. Yeah, I had him picked to win a bunch of games, so we'll see if they're able to do that. Uh, our number three team, UCLA Bruins. The Bruins, baby. The Bruins are back. Uh, they they played. They beat the living piss out of Hawaii. <laughs> um, without with the DTR playing like not quite like me, but maybe like you. Oh. Is that a little better or a little worse? I think it's a little better. Okay. <laughs> like, you got some height advantage, like, probably a little bit more athletic, so playing more like you than me. Okay. So he didn't um, play well. but He didn't play well. Uh, but UCLA, um, it's so hard because you got the caveat of them having played Hawaii, but they won 44 to 10, and it wasn't, like, it was not close, and if Hawaii had been even alive a little bit in that first half, um, UCLA could have hung 60 on them. Um, It was ugly from basically the jump. Uh, The defense allowed them to do literally nothing in the first, like, four series. Um, Just super aggressive. Preventing, like, just blowing up screens in a way that, like, a blitzing defense, you can often get hurt by screens like that. But, like, everyone just playing so forward, like, the safeties are just blowing up screens at the line of scrimmage. Um, it was really impressive to watch, but also Hawaii might be crap. Like might not, it might just be that they're not last year. They were like mediocre. They might actually be crap this year. Um, so it's hard to gauge it too much at this point, except to say UCLA certainly looked the part of a team blowing out a mediocre to bad mountain West team. Um, and that run game, uh, Zach Charbonnet looks like an absolute stud. Um, just the way he was bouncing off tacklers, um, his explosion in the open field, that looks like it's going to translate against talent. Like that'll translate against power five talent. Yeah. Todd Graham. So wasn't, uh, wasn't impressive for you. No, no. And, and what was least impressive for me was that he, um, succumbed to that, uh, time honored coaching tradition of, uh, absolute disgusting nepotism and hired his stupid son to be the offensive coordinator for Hawaii. (laughs) And you saw the results. Um, Hawaii looked like absolute piss offensively after looking okay last year. Um, And I would anticipate them continuing to look like that because uh, nepotism, uh, as we learned throughout, you know, I don't know, 4,000 years of history, um, you know, it's a a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. You know, you, you might get Frederick the great or, you might get a uh, syphilitic uh, chinless Habsburg. Who <laughs> <Okay>. knows? <laughs> Pretty wide range. Yeah, you don't know. And so, what <laughs> I would, more what the... I would, what I would advise is going with merit, going yeah. with uh, you know somebody who actually has the chops. But uh, Todd went a different way. He went with the product of his loins, and uh, the result will be uh, Hawaii having a bad offense this year. Probably will. We'll see Hawaii again uh, at least one other game or two. I don't know if they play one or two other Pac-12 teams. Yep. Uh, got to watch a little of this on the beach. I was watching it on my phone. I saw the picture that you tweeted yeah. out. Yeah. Playing a little volleyball tournament, mm-hmm. watching some of this, and it was just like, man, they're getting, they're just getting crushed. Yeah, murder uh, stomped. 
murder stop. Uh, so Bruins run, run, just run the table on them. And uh, we both had UCLA. So we are 1-0 in our picks against the spread. Well, we're we're going to get to our picks in a bit. But what is the consensus here? Or what do you think about, say we make our picks. If we do, I don't know if we're going to do the show Wednesday or Thursday, whatever. We'll do our picks. And then a team has to forfeit because of uh, COVID stuff. Should the picks be invalid, but it's an actual game result this year? Should we like invalidate the picks because we're picking against the spread? Okay. Yeah. So invalidate the spread. Okay. So we if that happens, we will invalidate those picks. Um and if there's no spread, we're not going to just pick against, you know, anything. We'll just No, uh, no, we're only doing spreaded picks. Yeah. So we're this should be a, f- a true against the spread thing. If you remember last year, I was uh 17 uh, seven games over 500, so that was nice. There was three. So, you know, good job, good effort, but not quite there. Uh, but, yeah, so this year we're what both What was it enough. two years ago during the last full season that wasn't impacted I mean, by COVID? Uh, three years ago, No, 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 I want ago, two. I want two. I want two years ago. <laughs> give it to me. I could give you three years ago or four years ago or five years ago. Um, all right, so we're both 1-0. We're starting off there. Uh, we're going to go with our number two team. USC Trojans. They're the favorite in the South. Uh we thought about just making UCLA number one or number two, but yeah, because they've played. Yeah, but what the hell? We're not going to mostly David. We're not going to get super silly at this point. And then uh, by process of elimination, our number one team, Oregon Ducks. Quack on you, Ducks. Yeah, Ducks. Uh, they should be good. Yeah, so we'll see how they go. Okay, so now we're going to get into uh, our picks. We'll see if we can make this work. I think it will. Um, we're gonna these go by. Uh, order of when they're going to be played so we're going to you know correct yeah so we're going to start with the the first games uh and so our first game first pac 12 game and i just signed up for sling again by the way so look at you big dog if you do even though i had sling before just so for our fans out there that you want to get the pac 12 network um sling tv they'll give you ten dollars for the first month so you can get the first month of the season for ten bucks yeah plus you pay 11 for the sports package that includes the pac 12 network so you get orange Plus, like the sports extra thing, it's twenty one dollars for the first month, so you can get a lot of Pac twelve football for yeah. twenty one bucks. So not bad. Yeah, do it. Yeah, it's uh, worth it for like three months, four months. It's like yeah, it's going to be a hundred bucks or something. Yeah, go for it. I'm definitely doing that again. Okay, so I just signed up this morning. Our first game, Utah Utes. Yeah, and they're taking on Web Weber State. Right? Weber State. This is at uh, four thirty. You know what? So great. This. Is this the first year? No, last year I was able to do it, but this might be the first time we've been in studio where I can actually just pick. I, I don't have to like do the math on reducing three hours because I'm staring at East Coast time stuff. I'm looking at Pacific time again. Pacific time, so yeah, nice. yeah. Uh, 4.30 on the Pac-12 network. Weber State traveling to number 24, Utah. Utah is a 28-and-a-half-point favorite over an FCS school, but this is not your regular old FCS school. Weber State's usually consistently pretty good. Um, so this is a tricky one. So the over-under is 48-and-a-half, and the line is 28-and-a-half. So they're anticipating the defense absolutely shutting down this Weber State offense, yeah. but Utah not being able to score a ton. Um, hard to know exactly what to make of Utah's offense. Um, you know, you've got quarterback situation where it's charlie brewer you've got running back situation where it's replacements from last year um offensive line should be pretty good defense is utah there were some concerns about the offensive line but you know i think they're gonna be they got a lot of guys coming back there were some 
some injury stuff. The defense should be great. Give me Utah. Yeah, I think minus twenty eight and a half. I think I'm gonna do the same thing. It's just like you know, the Utes gotta have some faith. They're in not them. opposed to murdering some FCS school in the preseason either. They're not, but they they've also like. I'm not like always confident with them covering big spreads either, right? Like, they're, no, they're they're content with just like winning. Yeah, it's not quite Stanford like choosing to win by three just for the fun of it. But uh, <laughs> Utah, Utah's made some noise in these sorts of games before. Like, I've got like forty-five-seven stuck in my brain as like a potential score here. Uh, that, I think that could make sense. Yeah, um, and you know, it's one of those things where you're just gonna kind of come out and. You haven't played for a while. It's just sort of like you just want to come out and murder somebody. Like, you know, just I think they might do something like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me see if I can pull up the series in this uh, in this contest. Weber State? Years. Yes. Uh, Utah, Weber State. Football series. Nothing. Oh, yeah. I've got something. You got something. I got something. Um, last matchup, Utah won 70-7. to Okay. That was in 2013. Um... Prior to that, they've won fifty-two to sixteen in nineteen eighty-four. Uh, in two thousand eight, it was thirty-seven twenty-one. Oh, and then nineteen seventy-eight is thirty to seven. But the most recent data point was seventy to seven. Okay, even though it was eight years ago, but still. But that was twenty thirteen. A, a lesser Utah team, a lesser Utah program. Uh, well, let's just go with the Utes. Let's roll with yeah, it. I I, I kind of came into this thinking I'm like I was going to take all the points I can, and now I'm thinking like the exact opposite. I'm like ah, yeah. like I think that, you know UCLA covered. I'm going to like roll with the Pac-12 covering for a while. Totes. Okay. Uh, also on Thursday night we've got Arizona State Sun Devils <laughs> against something called SUU. <laughs> this is 7:30 on the Pac-12 network. So. Uh, for whatever reason, they don't think the Utah game is going to go more than three hours, which is a, which is dumb. Uh, Arizona State at home against Southern Utah. Arizona State is just behind Utah in the polls at twenty fifth. Uh, this is in Tempe. ASU. Now this is a lot of points. ASU is favored by forty five points. <laughs> I don't know what the hell Southern Utah is. I frankly don't care, but I'm going to take Southern Utah plus forty five. Um, that's a lot of points. It is a lot of points. And it, like ASU might not score forty five. Right. Like, like they hard. could they could score forty two. Forty two nothing. And that they don't cover. Uh San Jose State, I think, played Southern Utah in uh week one. What happened? Forty five fourteen. Okay. So that's thirty one points. Yeah. San Jose State's pretty good. USC is only like a seventeen point favorite over San Jose State this year. I think fourteen now. Yeah. So, so is ASU better? I mean, basically the what they would need to do is do 14 more points than that. Yeah. To just break even. Hmm. There's a lot of points. It's uh, a lot of points, dude. Yeah, there's weird stuff that could happen. I'll 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 go with you and uh I'll take Southern Utah just because I mean, you could be up 35 to nothing and just take and, the foot off the gas. Yes. Yeah. No, totally. 100%. Right. Uh, that's a tough one. Very tough. So many points. Like, uh, you just don't want to touch Far that. too many points. Okay. Uh, then we're going to go to a Friday game. And this one probably won't be very interesting either. Colorado Buffalo. And on the Pac-12 network site, it says UNC0. So Wait, this, no. this is uh, <laughs> 6 p.m. tomorrow, Friday, September 3rd, on the Pac-12 Network, Northern Colorado, oh. traveling to Colorado in Boulder. Uh, Colorado is a 
eight-point favorite. Once again, a ton of points. Yeah. I am... I'm going to look up the football series for this one, too, because I want to see what Northern Colorado and Colorado have done against each other in the recent past. Okay, so the last matchup was in 2017. Colorado won by 20. And that's the only matchup I've got here. 2017, they won by 20. So do we think they're going to cover? I'm going to say no. Yeah, 18 more points. Yeah, I'm taking Northern Colorado. Again, this is way too many points. Colorado's going to win. They're going to win handily, but... You know what's 38 about, damn points? When no you're way. watching a game where you've like you're the team you're playing has to cover an absolutely enormous spread. Like it's the first quarter, and they like that first drive, they kick a field goal instead of a touchdown. You're just kicking yourself. Like, there's no way I'm gonna cover this spread. Or they're like, it's like they're at the 45 and they like they get stuffed on third and one and they punt. You're like, I'm never gonna cover this Here, spread. Here's a great note. UCLA beat the absolute piss out of Hawaii last week. What'd they win by? 34 points. Yeah. 38 points is a lot of points. <laughs> like, it, it, it requires you not just, like, beating the piss out of them to start with, but, like, consistently beating a little bit of pee out of them for the entire game. Like, you can't even smash them at the beginning because if you smash them at the beginning, your, like, third string is playing by the third quarter. Yeah. So you've got to be, like, just, like, light punches to the kidney all game. It just seems, yeah, so many Too many points. points. Okay. Uh, I think we'll agree on that one. Okay, so that's our, we got three weekday games. We sure do. You know, you like that kind of stuff. Let's go to Saturday. Um, this is a really good one. We'll see what happens here. We got Stanford Cardinal. They're going to play down Arlington, David, against Kansas State. It's going to be a beautiful game. This is on FS1 at 9 a.m., on Saturday, September 4th, Stanford traveling to Arlington uh, to take on Kansas State at a technically neutral site. More than likely, Kansas State fans will be there in force. K-State is a three-point favorite. Um, Stanford, uh, the last time I can remember them playing on the road in a 9 a.m. game to open a season, they lost to something called Northwestern, uh, 16-6. to uh, I anticipate the Stanford team being very bad. I have no idea about anything regarding Kansas State, but give me the Wildcats. I'm going to take the Wildcats as well. I just don't think this is going to be uh, a good spot for Stanford here. They, you know, tough part of the schedule playing essentially three road games. Um, and I just don't think it's going to be a good year for uh, Stanford. So I think it'd be big for the Pac-12 to go down there and get a win. Uh, it's rare we see a Pac-12 team win in that stadium in those that first game. But right now, we'll as see. Far as Caesar Sportsbook um, is concerned, it's all, all right. those names that we've David, you got some audio playing in your... Uh, yeah, I know. So, I hate ESPN's website. It's really terrible. <laughs> uh, okay, so Dave's looking up like spreads and things like that. So, all right, we'll both go with Kansas State uh, in that one. Uh, this is going to be our number one team. They're going to be in action on Saturday, too. Oregon Ducks. Taking on the uh, Fresno State Bulldogs. This is an 11 a.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Fresno State traveling to what is currently number 11, Oregon. Uh, this will take place in Eugene. Oregon is a 20-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, Fresno State, I was not anticipating them being very good this year. They went and put a whooping on Connecticut in yeah. week one. Now, Connecticut is a terrible program. Very, very bad. 
But beating anybody 45 to nothing is uh, that's a noticeable outcome. That's a notable outcome. Um, so I don't know. Maybe suddenly Fresno State looks a little bit more decent than people were expecting. Fresno State always has some Power 5 talent. You know, transfers that came into the program from various Pac-12 programs, whatnot. Or, you know, they can recruit relatively decently from uh, Valley um, High Schools. So I'm going to take Oregon. Okay. But I don't think they're going to cover this by a ton. Um, I think it might be literally they cover it by half a point. Um, but yeah, I think I'll take Oregon. Um, I'm anticipating them being better when, than they were last year. Um, I think they're going to be much, much more stable on the defensive side of the ball um, with an actual defensive coordinator who's good as opposed to who they had last year who had a big name for some God knows what reason. Uh, but Tim DeRuiter, I think he's going to be really good there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'll take Oregon, but um, it could be closer than I would have anticipated preseason. I think Kalen DeBoer is doing a great job there at Fresno. So I think they will be, um, I mean, I think they're going to be a team that's going to contending, you know, contend in the Mountain West. But this is Tim DeRuiter's old team. I've been up there many times covering practices with Tim DeRuiter when he was the head coach there. It's a fun name to say, Tim DeRuiter. Yeah. I finally learned how to pronounce it. I know. I hear other podcasts call him DeRuiter and stuff, and it's like, ah, you must have listened to David Woods. Um, but yeah, I'll take the Ducks as well. Or you must like actually look at his name, because it shouldn't be DeRuiter. <laughs> There's a Y in there. What's that about, Tim? I'll, I'll ask him next time we talk. But uh, if this was like in the above three touchdowns, I would consider... Same. State. Same. I think, it's it's a three three touchdown, touchdown, yeah. I think it's a three touchdown game. That's I what think I think. 20.5 enticed me to go Oregon. Yeah. So we will both go with the Ducks. I guess we're agreeing on everything so far, which could be good, probably bad. Uh, we'll see if we agree on this one. Uh, we got USC Trojans. Take it on, team. We mentioned already San Jose State University. One of those teams that last year had to like travel hundreds of miles to practice and camp and still went undefeated. They won the mountain West last year, beat Boise state. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they cracked, they just crushed Southern Utah, uh, Colorado's opponent. Right. So yep. give, give your, th- I'm sorry. Yeah. You this give- is, this is at 2 PM. Okay. I mean, Ryan's just going to keep talking. Sorry. Uh, this is at 2 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network, San Jose State, traveling to number 15 USC uh, in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. USC is favored by two touchdowns, 14 points. Mm. That is um, not a lot. You know, typically, you know, you're playing your Mountain West school. You're going to, you know, do your Mountain West things to them. But San Jose State's been pretty good now. Uh, they were good last year, and they might be pretty good again this year. So USC... Yeah, talk to me about USC. Talk to me about yeah. what the feeling is coming out of camp because I'm conflicted on this one. Yeah, so I think Clay Helton's still the head coach. So yeah, yeah, correct, correct. So, so they're going to lose some games. <laughs> yes, um, but they've made like literally improved everything around him. You know, like the water fountains cleaner. The you know, but Clay Helton is still the head. Yeah, coach. He's still the head coach, right? But literally, the the athletic department came in. Didn't fix him, but they fixed everything. But he else. still tells some people what to do. He does. Okay. And so that's why you have to kind of take everything with a grain of salt. And I'm changing my and they've looked good. Like Keen Slovis looks better. He was still, I think he still had the best statistics in the Pac 12 last year, and it was like a down year for him. He looks a lot better throwing the football. Um, Drake London's gonna be an amazing receiver. They got I think their defense will be better with Talk to me about that offensive line. Right. Two freshmen will probably be starting at left and right tackle. Courtland oh, that's Ford. a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, Corlin Ford, and you know, but they they are benching like a senior, Jalen McKenzie, for another freshman, Jonah Monheim. Um, so at right tackle, they got they lose. You know, Marquis Stepp scored the first touchdown of college football season last you know last week uh, for, for Nebraska. Nebraska. Boy, howdy, Nebraska! They lose Stephen Carr, who's going to be starting running back at Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they brought in Keontae Ingram from Texas and and uh, Darwin Barlow from TCU. I think they did a good job of the transfer portal, like replacing the dudes that they lost. But they, the problem wasn't talent. No, the talent is still there. Um, it's the Clay Hilton thing, but they've improved everything around him. I'm changing my philosophy this year. You know, I don't pick. You USC. pick against them no matter I what. I pick USC almost no matter what. So this is what I'm going to say. Like, as far as my business goes, like, they need to, like, kill a bunch of people or lose and then move on and get to the new coach. So I'm going to, like, pick what they should do. They should cover the spread. They should win by three touchdowns. So I'm going to pick that. And if I'm wrong, then the fans are going to be all upset, and I'm going to be dealing with that on the on the you know on the website and stuff. But I'm going to change my philosophy this year, and I'm picking USC, and they're going to cover this 14. Okay, everything you've just said has convinced me to take San Jose State plus 14. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, two freshmen on the offensive line, um, San Jose State. They've got a good coaching staff. Um, oh yeah, he's they, really good. Like, yeah, they've got some ability. Brett Brennan's like a stud. I mean, they got Nick Starkle, the quarterback. Yeah, who is yeah. A, no, he's a power, Texas A and M. Again, that's a Power Five quarterback. Yeah, who's, Texas A and M. Who's also in, I think, his Arkansas. seventh or eighth year. He's literally been around forever. Noel Mazzoni was recruiting him at UCLA. That's how long he's been around. He there was a story. I think it was. It might have been like on Andy Staples' podcast, where they were like, so Noel Mazzoni is at UCLA recruiting. This is the story I heard. Recruiting Nick Starkle. He gets hired by Kevin Sumlin to go to, to Texas A&M. Who was head coach at the time? It was, uh, was it Mora? Wait. Yeah. Mora calls no Mazzoni. Hey, the, the Starkle kid, do we want him? And Mazzoni had just like, hadn't announced that he was going, but like, he's like, no, no, you guys don't want him. We don't <laughs> want him. It said no. It told him no. And then he recruits them to Texas A&M. Yeah. So, like, that's the story. I think it was Andy Staples told that that's one. That's really funny. It was. I'm sorry if it wasn't him, but it was somebody that was, like, pretty funny. So, Starkle's had, like, he's been around, like, the Elite 11s, like, all those quarterback things for a long time. So, a lot of experience. So, yeah, I could I could see why. Yep. Uh, okay. You would so, pick, we finally differed on something. We did do, differ on something. All right. Uh, here's a team I always have trouble picking. Oregon Ducks. <laughs> Never mind, that's not that. Oregon State Beavers. <laughs> and they're going to go all the way out to uh, West Lafayette. Uh, that's being the state of Indiana. To take on the Purdue Boilermakers with that huge-ass drum. Yep, this is at 4 p.m. on FS1, Oregon State traveling to Purdue. Purdue is a seven-point favorite in West Lafayette. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having a a hard time with this one because Purdue hasn't been quite as good under Jeff Brom as I was anticipating they would be. Um, but they've still been decent enough. Oregon state. I'm really confident in Jonathan Smith as a coach. I just don't know if this is a good, you know, setup for them to, you know, pull off a win, um, on the road in the opener. Uh, I think I'll go Purdue. I think I'll go Purdue minus seven. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Oregon state makes it closer than that, but, um, just, you know, tough spot, weird place to play. Um, and Jeff Brom, I think, is a good damn coach himself. So um, I'll go Purdue. Last year, actually, we did pretty well picking Oregon State. We were wrong against 
in the Washington State game, they, it was like a close game, and Washington State ended up killing them by 10. But we picked them in like the next four games, and they covered all of them, uh, winning two and losing two. Um, yeah, I think uh, – I don't think Purdue's that good. No, agreed. I think Oregon State's going to be a little better. Seven points is a lot. I'm going to take the points, even though it's road. Give me the, the road dog. Yeah. Look at you. All right, so we've differed on two now. Yeah. I like uh, give me some give me some ducks. There's not uh, that feeling of you just called them the ducks again. By the way, oh my god, uh, go beeves. Uh, the feeling of watching what most people would think is like a meaningless Pac-12 game. Oh, I'm so excited. Knowing for it. that David had picked one side and I picked the other, the amount of importance in my brain capacity, like it, it should nowhere near. It should it shouldn't even be thought of, and it becomes consuming. LSU plays UCLA an hour and a half later, and I'm going to be flipping back and forth. <laughs> Just because you're like, come on. I got to know. I got to know. Come on, Purdue. Okay. Uh, next up. Washington Huskies. <laughs> They're taking on the Grizz. Yeah. This Montana. is this is 5 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network, Montana, at uh, number 20, Washington. We don't have a line on this one yet, so it's pretty worthless. Uh, oh, okay, so we'll, no picks. Yeah, Washington will win um, by how much is anyone's guess uh sandwich as it is in the schedule i would say my odds of watching more than like a few minutes of this game are, are extremely slim um but uh hopefully they don't do anything uh embarrassing yeah i think uh i looked at the grizz a lot went up and down the roster i think washington's gonna win mm-hmm. so <laughs> right so that's my analysis i love it <laughs> okay here we go uh this is a good one uh UCLA Bruins. And the Rose Bowl again. Taking on, um, it's one of those directional schools. Louisiana State. Oh, yeah, not directional. It's, it's Louisiana State, State University. Yeah, it's some, yeah, some weird state school yeah. in the South. 5.30 p.m. on Big Fox. Number 16 LSU going at UCLA at the Rose Bowl. Um, are you, so is everyone out there ready for Homer Dave? Um, cause you got a taste, you got a taste of it with, uh, with basketball a little bit when we talked about it in the spring, but I don't know if you're ready for Homer Dave when it comes to football. Uh-huh. Um, if UCLA <laughs> pulls this one off, you're going to see full, like the full <laughs> Phoenix of, uh, college Homer Dave, uh, LSU is favored by three points. Um, here's what I'll tell you about LSU, okay. uh, cause I'm writing the preview it should be published later today. Uh, they were. It's not even just that they were five and five last year. They were bad last year. Like their defense was bad. Their offense was bad. It was qualitatively bad. It wasn't just that they lost some games or whatever. They gave up so many points. Like so many points. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass. They were bad. They changed out all of their coaches. Like every single coordinator aside from Edo, but they were bad. And they've got a first year defense uh, defensive coordinator in Durante Jones who has like Rick Neuheisel era UCLA stink on him um, from being a GA <laughs> under that staff. So I already don't trust that. Uh, LSU always has a ton of talent. I don't want to dispute that. Uh, but they're starting their backup quarterback in this game because Miles Brennan went down in the preseason. Um, that's a long way of saying UCLA by two touchdowns, baby. Wow. Okay. Um, you do know like the best quarterback in the country, cornerback, like opted out last year and he'll be back. Hey, what did we learn in, in against Hawaii? UCLA doesn't got to throw the ball. Yeah. 
Well, he can cover like all the UCLA receivers all at once. He's that good. Can um, he? Can he uh, fight off some offensive linemen and make some tackles? Dude, in the they backfield? got linemen up the wazoo. You know what there. their linemen did last year? Yeah, they gave up the, five yards a carry. I guess the SEC. They gave up five yards a carry. Uh, this is Ed O, baby. Ed Orgeron. Yeah, you know Plus, what? You know Ed O has been outside of one year of his entire damn career. Mediocre. The greatest coach ever for one year. Uh, now they, they. What was the last time? What uh, can you remind me? What happened the last time Edo went against a good UCLA team? Can you remi- can you remind me? Uh, he lost. Yeah, he did. Did he get his? Did he get his ass? I think he did. Yeah, that crushed? was. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. true. Was Was Jim Mora doing eight claps in the end zone at the Coliseum? Probably was. I yeah, yeah, say, he sure yeah. Was. yeah, he sure um, was. So here's the thing: LSU got rid of a lot of distractions. They didn't practice at home. They went to Houston to practice. True, so, true, true, true. Doesn't that help? I would think. I, I don't think having a hurricane in your hometown helps. No. Uh, glad that they were able to get out. Glad they yeah. were able to yeah. practice. But glad certainly. But what we've seen, what did we see last year? What did Stanford do? Did they practice at home? No, they didn't. Hell no. What did they do? Kicked ass. That, they were pretty San bad. Jose, they were pretty bad. They were just they, uh, Kicking ass. San Jose State? Mm-hmm. Where did they, did they practice at home? No. Hell no. Right. They were humbled. They went undefeated. They won the freaking Mountain West. Give me the Tigers, baby. Give me the Tigers. You're, you're saying LSU minus three. <laughs> of course. All right. Get after it, baby. Yeah. This is like, this is actual talent. This isn't Todd Graham so and his here, son uh, coming this into is the, the thing. Rose this Bowl. is the thing. We've been pretty close, I think, on all these things. <laughs> I am I am actually <laughs> saying UCLA 14 <laughs> points. <laughs> you are saying LSU will win this by more than three. I'm going to mention Andy Stables again. Him and Ari have a, like on their podcast, they have a bet. So Andy Staples, I think he's given up like 15 points. He's taking LSU at 15 and Ari gets UCLA plus 15. The loser has to eat a banana with a peel on it. <laughs> like they were, like he, Staples, Staples, he's a Florida guy. He's so SEC, you know, but I, I love him. He's a great dude, but um, yeah. Okay. So three points. I can do that. I can, I can stomach the three. So we went like, on the same page, and then three different ones. So that's good. All right, here's another one. We got Arizona Wildcats. Wow. Do, one, just one last note. Oh, Ryan, do you know that LSU lost to Auburn last year, forty-eight to eleven? Do you ever a t- team called Florida with like Kyle Pitts and it, they beat them? By the way, they beat Florida. So that's what I'm just saying. Like, there's a ceiling. There, yes, there was a wide roller coasters. They beat Florida last year, which is. Okay. Easily a top 10 team. Just letting you know. Yeah. A uh, lot of dudes in the NFL from that Florida squad. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we had Arizona, and they are going to play in Las Vegas, baby. Allegiant Stadium against BYU, who's pretty much playing the entire Pac-12. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, 7.30 on ESPN, BYU traveling to Arizona. This is probably the nightcap game that I am most interested in. Uh, in Vegas, uh, well, yeah, it's in Vegas, not traveling to. Uh, BYU favored by 12 and a half points. So BYU lost basically everybody from last year. I don't think many people have any idea really what to expect from them. Um, Arizona, I don't have anything, any real idea of what to expect from them, except that I think Jed Fish has, will make an immediate impact and actually make them a little bit better this year. They're going to be a more energized team, more confident in their coach, and Emotional crap does go a long way in college football, especially at the margins, and Arizona is uh, at the margins. Um, so another long way of saying, give me those Wildcats. Wow. We're going to disagree again. Did some, you know, looking up some analytics. They feel the spread's more no, like a 17 range and not the uh, 12 and a half range. 
So I feel like that's big enough of a difference that, you know, if I can get BYU and, you know, under two touchdowns. Godspeed with that. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck to you. Um, I. It's very unfortunate that Arizona's going to win this game, but I, yeah. I'm I mean, loving some Wildcat, like, action. They're going to be fun. They're gonna, way more fun than last year with Sumlin. And it was just you know what awful. we'll call you? A hater. A hater? No. So, BYU is basically the Pac-12, although they just, like, it looks like they're going to join the uh, Big 12. Maybe. Yeah, looks like they're looks like the Big Twelve is going to try to add four teams, is what the news was today from the Athletic. So, all right, we're going to differ on that one too. This is going to be fun. The problem is though, when we differ on too many, it's like you differ we on just four, split. they we just split. split. Yeah. yeah, and then, it, but the good thing is, so it's really important if you only differ on one, you really give a crap about that game. But there's always going to be like this, the swing game, you know, yeah, yeah. like that. When there you have been on, weeks, I'm, so two years ago when I won. It was a couple of weeks where we differed on like four, and I just crushed. Right, them. and like those just, were like the early in the season yeah, ones. Yeah. Like, the, but basically, right now, like, right, like, yeah, that, yeah. No, I I built a huge lead after like the preseason games were over. Right, and then yeah. it was pretty probably even after that. But yeah. yes, so that's true. Like, you can if you get if you have a week where you go three and one or yeah. four and zero oh in the crossover games that you know I usually different. do better at this point because it's when I start getting too much information that I get stupid. Mm. See, it's when I go with my gut. The gut's, oh. the gut's what matters. Nice. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's go next up. California Golden Bears. They got Nevada. They sure do. Mm. They sure do. Uh, Nevada traveling to Berkeley at 7.30 p.m. on FS1. Uh, Cal is favored by three points. Um, Nevada was decent enough last year. Um, they might be decent enough again. But this is uh, Chase Garber's led California. Hell's yeah. This is uh, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Chase Garber's, uh, the greater Garber's, um, the once and future king, Chase Garber's. Mm. So I have to take Cal. I can't not take Cal. If, no, if, if Chase Garber's, if I learn information that he will not be playing somehow prior to this you know, game starting, then maybe I'll switch. If we're allowing text messages before the game to switch. Are we allowing that? No, we're not. Okay. So it doesn't matter. Uh, so I'm taking Cal. Cal minus three. Okay. 100%. Easiest line of the week, obviously. Because Chase Garbers. Chase Garbers. Duh. Uh, your daughter. What's her name? Berkeley. Uh, duh. So yep. we got to go there. Yeah. Do, I have, do I have a kid named Reno? No, I don't. <laughs> you can work on that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, Nevada, fun offense. Good offense. Yeah. Fun state. Lots of fun stuff. Really, to do there. really bad defense. Really bad defense. Really bad defense. And we mentioned Chase Garbers. So what is he going to do against a really bad defense? He's, He's going to do gonna Chase Garbers things. Red. Yeah. Score to truck. Yeah. Nevada. Send him back to Reno. Yeah. Tail between their legs. Murder stomp. Yeah. Uh, this is an easy one. That was an easy one. Duh, I don't even. I don't even watch that because I know what's going to happen. All right. The last one we've got. Oh wait. Um. Let's do this one. Washington State Cougars. We'll give, Ooh, we'll you're, give good, you're trying to give yourself good karma for your pick. We're a good one to start with. This is at 8 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Utah State traveling to Washington State. Uh, the Battle of the States. Pullman, Washington. Saturday night. Washington State favored by 17 points. Mm. I Juicy. Utah State's bad. Yes. They'll probably continue to be pretty bad. Yes. But Washington State also might not be great. We don't know. We have limited information to go on. Um, 
I don't know about 17 points. You talk to me about 17 points. Uh, analytically, what I'm reading and, and it should be a three touchdown game. I get that. Even a little more. Yeah. Three touchdowns plus a field goal. So I'm going to go. That's a, that's a, like a, you know, a whole touchdown more. I don't have a lot of confidence in Washington state. They're my survivor pool pick. Uh, I'm going to take, uh, the Cougs in this one. And I know, I'm not sure if I'm going to pick them for the rest of the year with spreads, but I'm going to pick them in week one. I'll go with you. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Cougars, Cougars. It is. The Cougs. Uh, all right. Well, that's all our picks. Good stuff. So we'll put those all up. By the time you listen to this, it'll be all up on the website. I'm sure David will have a huge part of that. And uh, yeah, so I don't think we have anything else. We got to get to questions, right? Yeah, I think all right. that's good. Let's take a quick break. We're going to fill up our mimosas again and get to some questions. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the podcast of champions. Holy crap, that was an hour. We haven't even got the questions yet. It's the season. It's the season. This is when baby. we start going two hours, baby. Do we want uh logistically, because it's best to do this on the show, um, do we want a Thursday show or do we want a Wednesday show? Hmm. Mm. What do you feel? Wednesday has to be early. I've got practice, like so it would have to be like twelve thirty one or something like that. Maybe Thursday. Maybe Thursday. So Thursday morning shows? Thursday shows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think we can do that. I think we can make it work. Yeah. Because we'll, at least we'll get them in before the uh, the weekend picks. And we'll, we'll We're saying th- that. Are there going to be Sunday shows? Yeah. Are there going to be Monday <laughs> shows? Absolutely. <laughs> when David's like, uh, by the way, I can't do it that day. Can we do it? Uh, yeah. Can we go on the moon? And uh, like, sure, Dave. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> let's, can we record via cup and strength? <laughs> Yes, whatever you'd like, David. Um, we have a voicemail. You want me to start with that? I'd love you to start Here with voicemail. Hey, guys, it's Perk. Uh, I was wondering if you guys saw uh, any of the controversy this week with, regarding that Bishop Sycamore High School in, in uh, Ohio. I was also wondering, yeah, I know a lot of those types of schools are kind of prevalent within uh, within basketball. I didn't – sounds like there's some within football. I was wondering if you guys had – I kind of heard any stories or came across any uh, opinions from some of the coaches that you guys come in contact with or some of the recruiting analysts that that stuff's present out in California. Thanks, guys. Perk, uh, did you read any of this? I mean, it's it's some, wild. There's some great stories. People have done awesome reporting. The fact that this game got onto ESPN makes absolutely no sense. Everyone's passed the buck. There's middlemen. There's whatever. Um, but, yeah, this is a, a – a, a fake high school essentially. And the guy is like, I don't know what he's getting out of it. 
you know, he's touting like he's he's basically trying to build. This is the second time he's tried to do this, like build an IMG in Ohio, and it's just failed miserably twice. And he leaves a trail of unpaid bills, like buses and hotels, and um, I mean, there was kids that are supposed to come over from like the UK and play, and then like they figure out what's going on, like yeah, we're not coming. Like um, he's really just a charlatan, like just selling this like terror, like this false bill of goods, but I, I I don't know what he's getting out of it. Like he's got probably money. Well, not that much. And he's got, you know, bench warrants out for him everywhere. Like he's, he's just, it's like, he's running from the law. You know, the, the be, people might be pathological. People interviewed him like on Monday and like his phone numbers, like as like two days later is like no longer available. Like he's just going to go into hiding and stuff. All their games got canceled after um, this IMG debacle, you know, debacle. It's just, it's freaking bizarre. The, the most bizarre thing is ESPN put it on national television. That's not the most bizarre thing. ESPN not properly vetting a situation like that, like especially with high school athletics. Like I get it. Um, but yeah, no, it's disgusting uh, what he did to um, the people involved too. Like all these kids or young adults, <laughs> yeah, who were uh, who were participating, um, sold them a bill of goods. Uh, like their quotes about it are just kind of harrowing honestly um what some of them like kind of went through like sleeping on floors and there were like fights and stuff and just yeah lack of supervision um so yeah the whole thing's very gross very very gross and weird and bizarre but that's why we love college football (laughs) we love it for the weirdness (laughs) it could be more weird than that but yeah there's there's some great reporting out there go out and read what you want on this but like holy cow it's just it's hard to believe um you can read this one. Eric uh, wrote in last week, and it was very Disney princess-centric. And I was like, we can't do this without David. So he just re-forwarded it to us, which is perfect. Like, he knew exactly, like, if we don't put it back in the inbox, we're never going to look at it. Eric was smart enough to just send it, us, send it to us again. All right. We'll read this now. This is from Eric. Uh, Hi, guys. I was watching Wreck-It Ralph with my son over the weekend and came across an overlooked Disney princess, Princess Vanellope Von Schweet. Her background, Vanellope Von Schweetz was the main character of Sugar Rush, where she served as the kingdom's princess and top racer. She was amongst a lineup of 15 distinct racers who competed against each other on on confectionery-themed tracks for the coveted Winner's Cup. Shortly after Sugar Rush was first plugged in, a character named Turbo hijacked the game in an effort to seize Vanellope's throne and remain the most approved racer in the arcade. Under the guise of a kindly monarch known as King Candy, Turbo tried to kill Vanellope by deleting her code, but his efforts were unsuccessful and merely turned her into a glitch. Powers and ability. Glitching. King Candy's tampering of Vanellope's code turned her into a glitch. As a result, there are times when her body will briefly spasm and deteriorate into the pixels and codes. These glitches are seemingly linked to Vanellope's emotions as they are often triggered by passionate feelings like excitement or anger. Her glitch is manifested by blue pixelation. Between glitching into a head coaching position, (laughs) glitching into spectacular wins and dumbass losses... And glitching into keeping their job, my question is simply, which Pac-12 coach should be given the likeness as Vanellope Von Schweetz, a.k.a. The Glitch, and why is it Coach Clay Helton? I have no idea what this is about. Okay, so me neither. I was just, you know. Uh, Sugar Rush. I don't even know what this is. Sugar Rush is... Yeah, dude. So this is from Wreck-It Ralph. I've never watched Wreck-It Ralph. So maybe that's where I'm missing something. But... Yeah, I mean, it sounds right. It sounds like Clay Helton, right? Uh, that yeah, that sounds like it. There's some kind of glitch. Yeah, I think I've seen Wreck-It Ralph like on a plane or something. I've never seen it. Wow. No, no, like 
understanding of even what it is. I think we're both out of mimosas. We are. We are nice. out of mimosas. Um, sorry, Eric. I don't think we can help you much here, but no, no, let's I've got go nothing. with Clay Helton. Clay Helton's fine. We got Peter in Vancouver, non-conference Power 5 games. Um, people like to be, you know, when we put ourselves out there, people like to be critical of us. Like, you know. It's kind of unfortunate. With the words we say, like, try talking for like two hours and see you don't say something dumb, you know? And it's not like two hours one time. It's like it's two hours all every the goddamn time. week. Man. But anyway, okay. Peter says, Ryan, last week you answered my question about how the Pac-12 will do against 11 Power five non-conference opponents they will face this year. Like, Peter, you sent an email with like stats in it and got it like with games in it and got it wrong. Like you had time to think about yeah, this. Yeah, Peter, come on. Not just read it on the fly. He's trying to get back at us now. Yeah. Uh so where was it? Uh, okay, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Ryan went through them and thought that he had picked a Pac-12 to go six and five, a winning record. But I went back through the podcast and he was actually four and seven, and that included assuming that UCLA's got a, a shot against LSU. Uh, he meant to win by LSU. Did I miss something, or did you end up agreeing with my lucky to be four and seven without realizing it, Peter? I don't trust. He's you. not going to count again. I'm not counting again, and I f- I feel like you're wrong again. So we're just we're just going to assume you're wrong again. Ryan's not my five year old. Five year old. You can't just ask him to count, and he's just going to do it. Right. He's not going to do it, and he's not going to do it accurately. And you know what? That's his right as an American, as a red blooded goddamn American. I definitely picked more than four winners from the Pac-12. Right. So. Uh, I you know I th- Ryan doesn't believe in sequencing. We if if you were if you got the first email right since this is like week three of this email we're gonna like we're, we're not gonna give you the benefit of the doubt Peter sorry damn right that's Peter. the mimosa talking yeah too. don't you dare ask us questions ever again <laughs> we love you Peter <laughs> <laughs> this is from uh, James from Phoenix hey guys James from Phoenix here uh, take out your LA schools from the conversation what is the school you would be happiest to see win the conference this year or any year and why ooh Colorado Buffaloes. Yeah, I mean, just to see when. I think Colorado would be good. I mean, I you, they're like Utah because they're like legit contenders, and like to see them break through, I think that would be good. They're going to on their own. It's fine. Like they don't, they don't we've need seen the good Washington. Um, Cal would be cool. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, it would. No, it wouldn't. Chase do, do, you, do you remember how goddamn obnoxious Cal fans were when they were good for the first time in like half a century in two thousand six? <sighs> yeah. So obnoxious. Seriously, Cal fans, you have like a lot to repay for like how bad you were. <laughs> like, act like you've been there before, and I know you haven't, but just come on. So we'll both go to the mountains and go. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Utah. You go Colorado. Perfect. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, this was. Uh, no, Dave. Juan Noel. This is from Juan Noel. Uh, so wait, Dave missed the show last week and let you know through his all capitals publicist. That he wouldn't be there? Sounds like somebody got a little too big for his britches. I know. Well, um, <laughs> look, Ryan can't afford a publicist, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but mine uh, works on my behalf at all times. Yeah. I uh, said so I, will, I will happily fill in for him since he obviously is a big time now and is probably parting away at Miley Cyrus's chateau with his publicist. Is that How do you know that Miley Cyrus isn't my publicist? Oh, wow. That would be pretty... That's a, that's a flex. That would that's be a big, big flex. flex. Yeah, big flex. Uh, I can definitely bring that signature David Woods energy on a moment's notice. I'll just bitch about everything and thinly veil my massive insecurities. I don't think I'd even thinly veil them. <laughs> well, that's gonna be Juan Noel style. Uh, just let me know when I can pick up my Bruins media pass and my Chip Kelly fan club newsletter. Love, Juan Noel. Hey, speaking of which, I think you owe Dave. I mean. You, David Woods, owe Bruce Feldman an apology since now you're full 
all in on Chip Kelly. But I Bruce. wasn't preseason sight unseen. <laughs> See, Bruce has been doing that for three straight years now. <laughs> but he's he's right, obviously. You're you yeah, bought in. Yeah, he was an early adapter. He was almost at third strike, three third strike, and you're out. Now look, <laughs> so you're going to third I, strike, and now you're like on board. Am like, I full homer? Yes, <laughs> but. Could it easily flip to like full negative Nelly again if they just get their ass chewed by LSU? Absolutely. Like if LSU scores the first touchdown, David's tweets are going to be oh, like, yeah, no. season's over. I, I, it's not that I'm a weather vane. It's that I'm something even e- more easily moved by like just random <laughs> movements. Um, I'm as sensitive as like a, as a thermometer or some sort of uh, other measurement tool that's even more sensitive than that. Nice. Yeah. This is from Austin. Hey, guys. uh, Idea for college football. Seeing all the loaded rosters this year with COVID super seniors gave me an idea. I'd love to hear your thoughts. As a Washington State fan, I love an underdog story in college football. I know Champagne Larry made parody the most hated word on this podcast, but in my opinion, the slim, improbable, but not technically impossible hope for glory is an important underpinning for fans outside the Blue Blood schools. Unlike the NFL, there is no mechanism to provide a boost to underperforming programs, and therefore it seems the the big get bigger, rich get richer, etc. What if the number of max players scholarships per team was flexible based on prior season's performance, top-tier decreases, bottom-tier increases? The overall number of D1 college players could remain unchanged, but underperforming teams could have the chance to develop more two- to three-star guys and occasionally outperform. This would likely require a central governing body and buy-in across conferences, aka pipe dream, but it's fun to imagine thanks to the podcast Go Cougs. Ah, like, so I think that's hard because you've recruited people every year and, you know, if you have to wait till the end of the season, oh, we won, you know, oh, we won 10 games. Oh, those three guys we have committed, we can't keep them anymore. You know, there's stuff like that. I think that would be, make that like logistically pretty much impossible. Logistically, I think, yeah, you've got some complications, Austin, but I like where your head's at because it is, um, so first it does require a centralized body um, in the same way that other systems, you know, like the NFL, you pick in reverse order. Um, That's how you try to um, ameliorate uh, some of the, you know, difference between the best team and the worst team is, okay, the worst team gets the first pick of the draft. And that makes a ton of sense. Um, And this would be like the college football equivalent of that. And I get that. Um, There's a few logistical problems, what Ryan just mentioned, but also, a lot of schools uh, can't afford to carry that many scholarship players. So what kind of difference are we talking about? If you're the worst team in college football, do you get 10 more scholarship players? Well, the problem is if you're the worst team in college football, you also don't probably have the revenue of um, some of the bigger boys. Um, so uh, I like where your head's at. I want you to keep thinking on it because there might be a really good idea in there, but um, it would take, I think, because um, some of these schools, the budgets are so tight that they really wouldn't be willing to cover the scholarships. I know that happened in the offseason where some of these super seniors wanted to come back. And they were like, no. And they were like, nope. And that's not even just group of five schools. Some power five schools were doing that. Um, so asking schools, okay, you can get a competitive advantage this year, but you have to carry 10 more scholarships. They might say, no, we're not going to yeah. do that. Um, and then how do you work it out over the course of those years? So say you get the 10 more scholarship players in that first year, and then you're suddenly a lot better. Are they just reduced for that next class? Do you then have to carry those 10 extra? I mean, are you getting 95 for the next four years? Or, you know, how does that all work? Um, I like the relegation and promotion idea. Yes. I think that's more fun. I think that um, you get at some of the competitive balance issues that way, or at least around the margins. Um, but this is an idea. I don't hate it, Austin. I think it's it needs to be workshopped a little bit more, but I like it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the cool thing is, though, yeah, you're right. It's like it's there's going to be focus on the blue bloods because that's where the money is. And that's 
you know, unfortunate, I think, for the sport overall, because that's just going to be what we've seen in college football the last five years has been the same five or six teams basically in the playoffs with like a, you know, a Michigan State or a Washington or like every, you know, once in a blue moon. But it's like the same players like every year, right. you know, um, which I don't think that's great for the sport. But the the important part there is like the centralized body, like having someone that could make those decisions, because if you're in a conference, you're like. You, you've learned from the Big 12. You're like, well, we're Big 10. We better take take care of Ohio State. And we're not really going to worry about records all that much because that's what's going to get us more money. But if you had a cultural bazaar, they could look out for everybody. You know, it's not just, yeah, we want the marquee programs to do well, but we don't want, um, you know, we don't want Oregon State to have to fucking drop football at some point, right? I mean, so having a centralized government you know body over college football would be great uh maybe we're getting closer to that with the alliance i don't know yeah but yeah okay uh thanks for that austin this is from hithliday verbero do you know what that is or what's the some of the hockey thing or something um congratulations to ryan for his self-realization in last week's solo show substituting the word uh destiny uh density for destiny was peak form Literally, I talked by myself for like an hour and a half, and you're going to say I said a word wrong. Like, that's mm-hmm. where you're going with this. There was one word, which I don't remember ever saying. You you said the wrong word. And you should be ashamed. I said, how many words do you say in like an hour and a half talking about yourself? Like, Too many. 10,000? Is, it, is, is that the range? Far too many. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, Sorry, the, Hitler, the, if honestly I said a wrong and I'm just going to say this to all of you out there. The problem isn't, Ryan. It's that all of you listened. Like, why are you listening to somebody just talking to a microphone for an hour and a half? That's your fault. It was a very popular show, by the way, though. Like, the, the ratings go way up when... When it's just you. Yeah, it's just me. Yeah, for yeah, whatever no, I've, reason. I've got a depressing is. effect. Um, uh, Verbero is a rascal or a scoundrel. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. And his question this week, as in every week, apparently, is... Is Dorian Thompson Robinson a good quarterback? It's a great question. I would argue um, he is the most exciting average player in college football. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, last week, just watching him throw and like just the ball, like, like very simple stuff. Like it's not like oh the read was bad or whatever or he made a poor decision or whatever. It's just like no, nah, he just threw it like five yards over the dude's head. <laughs> <laughs> or rifled it at that guy's helmet um, or, you know, just did stuff like that. And it's like, well, uh, how do you fix that in your fourth year? Like, you're just still, yeah. like, wildly overthrown. Like, that's just basic, like, mechanics and stuff. Um, so what do you do about that? And it happens. The thing is, it's just inconsistency because he'll have games where, you know, it's not perfect, but it's on the money. And then you'll have games like that one where, like, Kyle Phillips on the opening um, drive for UCLA – He's wide open in the end zone, like running in. I mean, not wide open. There's probably a guy within five yards of him, but like pretty damn open. All it requires is literally a toss, just kind of lead him a little bit and throw it, you know, to the back corner and he's going to get it. And he rifles the ball like five yards over his head and sort of behind him. And it's just like uh, no chance, none whatsoever. Wasn't in danger of being picked, but also it wasn't in danger of ever being caught. Yeah. And it's just like, how do you throw that from the 10 yard line, dude? Like, how does that happen? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not ready to say he's a good quarterback, 
Um, <laughs> I, I think he's got the thing is like he's got all that upside because yeah, he's got that rifle for an arm and uh, he can run yeah. and uh, the de- the decision making has improved. Like he's not making crippling mistakes anymore, but like some of the simple fundamentals of the sport seem like wow, you don't really know what you're getting from game to game. Yeah. It's funny when you watch quarterbacks. It's one of the biggest pet peeves I have is you don't get when it's like it's like a little like crossing route over the like you're like five yards from the line of scrimmage, and they throw it like they're trying to throw it through a wall, and like the guy's right, like literally you could like you could just like toss it to him, and you're just like rifling at him, and it just like bounces off his shoulder pad or something. Like what is going on? Yeah, it's really great. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't have a good answer for you, Hesley. Okay, that made me th- so that gives me more confidence in my LSU pick. Yeah, should we do a side bet? Side bet that would probably not happen, but say say we'll pick a score like you said two touchdowns. Say we say ten or say twelve points. So if like UCLA wins by twelve, you win, and if LSU wins by twelve, I win. Yeah. Okay. What's your, so? But if it's in the middle, let's call, that it, doesn't let's matter. call it tens. Ten, you want to say ten? So UCLA by ten, I win. LSU by ten, you win. And okay. if it's in the middle, it doesn't matter. Okay. What is so? What do we? What do you want to put on this? Or what's six pack? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. That's okay. Good. Of whatever beer you of, want of a decent beer. IPAs, right? You yeah, like those? Something decent. Yeah, I love IPAs. <laughs> love them. Love them. Love drinking flowers. <laughs> okay. So we'll do. This is only if the you know this if it's a if it's a blowout on one way or the other. Beautiful. I like it. Okay. Cool. All right. This is from uh, Joel. Uh, hey Ryan, how are you, buddy? It's been a long time since I used to make you drinks at Sharky's in Hermosa Beach. Love everything you do. Hopefully, we'll run into each other again someday. Fight on, Dave. A different fo to you. Lol. <laughs> Love it. I re- Joel, I think he so he worked at Sharky's. I think he worked at the Lighthouse too. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Good. Back in the day, I've heard you guys talk about CFP expansion, and the largest objection is that it would take away the most meaningful regular season in all of sports. I don't understand this line of thought. To me, college football has one of the most meaningless regular seasons in all of sports. First, under the current current format, even before the season starts, only five to ten teams uh, have any real chance of making the playoffs. Okay, but okay, all right. Here's the problem: you're only thinking about it in terms of the playoffs. Like it's meaningful because of all the other stuff. Like you've got bowl games you've got conference championships that actually matter you've got all this stuff so just start right there you're framing this around just competing for the highest prize in the sport the cool thing about college football is that there's lots of other stuff going on all the time like playing in the rose bowl you might not be playing for the playoff but you're playing in the goddamn rose bowl on january 1st and it's really cool so anyway second any team that sustains a loss is essentially eliminated from the playoff and essentially their season becomes meaningless okay again uh, this equates to about 95% of the college football teams by week four. Third, the different conferences do not play the same schedules. You have some conferences only playing eight games and multiple patsies, uh, which inflates the records of all the teams in the conference. Fourth, you have national championship contenders playing multiple FCS opponents or doormats in a season. How does that equate to a meaningful season? Finally, the current system does not allow for a team to improve over the season. The only thing that truly matters is how many L's you have in the column on the right. Under the current format, it doesn't matter if a two-loss team is as good as anyone in the country by the end. It only matters if you are a one-loss or undefeated major college football brand. How does opening the playoffs to more potential teams, keeping more teams alive throughout the season, allowing for unbalanced schedules to not punish teams for playing uh, playing tougher out-of-conference games, and being able to identify and reward teams that are improved from Week 1 to Week 12, make the college football season less meaningful? Best, Joel. Hey, Joel. Thanks for the email there. Yeah. So so Gordon Gee came out, the uh, president of... 
um, West Virginia, uh-huh. who was pre- former president of Ohio State, known for his crazy quotes. He said a lot of crazy stuff. Um, he said he's not voting for the playoff anymore, which counterintuitive. If you're right. West Virginia, you need the playoff expanded. Correct. Because now you don't have like a marquee team in there. But um, I think it's going to happen. I think it's just going to be delayed now, you know, so we probably don't have to debate this much anymore. I'm I'm cool with the expansion. I like the you know inclusion, but I don't think it's going to happen right away. I think it's going to we have to wait to see what happens with Oklahoma and Texas and how long that takes to get out of there. And yeah, no, I totally I'm just saying I, I think the fact that it makes the regular season less meaningful is undis- is undisputable. Like I think it's that's obvious. It's going to make the regular season uh, less meaningful. I I still think it's got a lot. I mean, the strength of the college football regular season is awesome. Like, would it diminish it a little bit? Some, but like, I still think it's going to be super yeah, powerful. I'm just saying it's undisputed. Like, it, it's still going to be good. Like, it's still going to be a good regular season. I think there's still like value in it, but it's going to make the game by game results less meaningful, especially if it like works out to okay. A couple teams from this conference are probably getting in, and a couple teams from this conference are probably getting in, no matter what. Um, then it becomes, you know, the 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 live and die of a single game matters less. Yeah, I mean, it's not gonna like if people are worried that it's gonna become like the college basketball regular season. Like, no, like it's still like no, it's a long ways off from that. But if it expands, it's still to, gonna like, be the best. If it expands to thirty or thirty-two at some point. Then, then yes. it could be, yeah. But it's still like the best regular season in sports, probably, right? Like, do you care about the baseball regular season? You don't care about baseball who at all. The, but like, who the hell could care about one hundred and sixty-two I mean, games of baseball? <laughs> Aside from me, at like sixteen, yeah. Like, who could care? You were a Dodger or Angels? Guy? Angels, Angels. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah, so when did they win? How old were you when they won? 2002. I was uh, 17 years old. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for that email, um, Joel. Good to, to hear from you. Uh, we have a podcast question from Anthony. I love the, the subject. It's just podcast, podcast question. question. Yeah. I yeah. mean, so yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure what yeah, it was going to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. Well, it could be spam. We get a lot of spam. <laughs> we do get a lot of spam. David leaves all of the spam, and I need everything cleaned up. I want only questions in the mailbox. David reads everything, but unreads anything that's spam, and then I'm the one. That I don't read the spam. It. I've got a great filter for understanding what's spam and what isn't. So you just skip it. I skip it. Okay, kind of like I do with my regular email. But I like to. Oh, that drives me bananas. I need a clean yeah, mailbox. Yeah, you. You like to waste the time on earth doing stuff that's meaningless. I need to be organized. I want it to be yeah. organized. I, I sleep better when I know it's organized. You like to waste the minutes and the hours. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I sleep better. I'm not wasting any minutes. Uh, Anthony, his podcast question is, Hey, Ryan and Dave, which one or two teams are you most interested in watching to see how they perform in week one? Okay, so Arizona, big time. Very interested to see that one. Yeah. And then I think the other one is probably Oregon against Fresno State. I'm not that. I mean, Oregon. Uh, uh, I already know UCLA is going to win by a couple of touchdowns. I mean, that's so the biggest care. one for me is just UCLA and LSU. Like, how big of a thing it is. I mean, Stanford, Kansas State. Not interested. Really? I think K-State wins that by quite a bit. Did you pick them? Yeah. We both picked. Yeah, we both could pick, pick Kansas State. Uh, I don't know if it's... I think it might be kind of close. Um, But I... Yeah. I mean, Arizona's interesting. But for me, the UCLA game, uh, the Oregon State game, Purdue, I want to see how they end up doing. Um, But Stanford, 9 a.m. I mean, we get to kickoff saturday i'm excited for it yeah hells yeah okay uh thank you for that one anthony 
This is from Aaron. Uh, TV deal. Ryan and Dave. As I sit here once again creating a new email address for my 7th free trial of Fubo TV in order to watch USC on Saturday, can you do a rundown of when we might see movement on the TV deal network distribution? Is the Pac-12 network dying? Is there any hope for additional distribution? Kliavkov seems to be pushing a lot of the right buttons so far, but can he work some magic here? Personally, I use YouTube TV for all my standard TV watching needs. Looking forward to creating an eighth email address in October again for another USC game. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Um, so was able to talk to George Klyovkov about this. So we had, I mean, this was like a month or two ago, like sort of like an off the record thing, but he was very, when I asked him about stuff, he, I think he was very frank. Essentially, everything's locked up, right? The, the TV deals through 2024. People are like, oh, you should do this, do that. Like he basically can't do anything until then. But the feeling I got was he likes the content and I think they've bumped up the content you know, we we saw some drop off. They weren't doing as much during the pandemic. I think you're going to see more like reasonable content going up. Like where, hey, there's like football media day. We're going to like be covering it. You know, right? Like, um, just smart things. I think they're going to do more of that on the on the network. But as far as distribution goes, I'm also a YouTube TV user. I love it. Um, but I don't think we're going to see major changes until that horrible deal that was signed happens in 2024. And there's still some of that upside that Larry um, Scott talked about as far as owning the rights, does it make sense to just partner with ESPN or Fox? And, you know, I, I think he's got some options there, but we're not going to see really, you know, because of these contracts that were signed, I don't think you're going to see much movement until like the, that stuff ends in three years. Yeah, I think that's right. It kind of sucks, but it is a shame, but I, I do have confidence in him. It's funny. Like, and I, I mean, you talk about like biases and stuff when uh when pat hayden like took over as the athletic director like he was friendly like i would talk to him and uh you know i would talk to like jk mckay as number two guy but i never got a feel like they knew what they were doing and i never like let that sort of like the fact that he was like nice to me or whatever i never like let it um change my judgment of like the job they were doing lynn swan was like Ivory Tower, like, I don't talk to people. Like, I don't need to talk right. to anyone like this. Um, Mike Bowen's been very open, the new athletic director. And, you know, I, I think similar to Hayden, but he actually talked about, like, athletic director issues. He wasn't just being a nice guy that was, like, holding court. He was actually being a nice person, but talk to you about, like, what's going on. And I felt like, you know, just meeting Klyavkov, that same sort of vibe where it's like, he answers questions. He'll talk to you about, hey, here's this problem. Where like someone will say, well, okay, you have an issue that's maybe inherent. Maybe it's just like it's a West Coast football thing, whatever it is. Larry Scott would rather just give you a PR answer that doesn't have anything to do with what you've asked. And I think Klayovkov is definitely more on the line of, yeah, that's definitely an issue. And but you know, I can't answer this right now. Or do what I think he's gonna give you sort of like he's gonna acknowledge shortcomings or whatever, any kind of problems that the um you know, the network that the conference is facing. And I, I, I got the same sort of feel from Mike Bone, which I like. And it's not just about them being so like more personal and willing to talk to you. That certainly helps. I think you get their point of view as opposed to just like getting closed off from them, but they're also willing to talk about the actual issues that are going on and not just give you like some PR spin, like, like, well, do you, you know, we've won more like uh water polo championships than anybody. I'm like I asked you about football, dude, like, you know, yeah, yeah. so that, that kind of stuff, like that's what Larry Scott would do. Klaafkoff wouldn't do that. Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, hopefully that actually, you know, pays off with real things, you know, 
real right. things happening. And you know, the obviously proof's gonna be in the pudding um for both those guys, but you know, we will see. I think that's it. That's all we got. We have no more champagne. We have no more champagne. Donuts I would actually gone. say it actually ended up being a somewhat quick show. Wasn't too bad. Hour and a half, not bad. Yeah. Donuts are gone. Donuts are gone. Champagne is gone. David, orange juice is still there for some God knows what reason. We, there's still some orange juice left. Ryan did mimosas with, I would say, uh, half a cup of champagne and then a splash of orange <laughs> you gotta juice. You got to do splash. You got to do some Just color. Just a splash for color. <laughs> but when, yeah, when I refilled, you didn't even take any more orange juice. You were just like. No, I don't like, I, I don't, um, as the kids say, I don't fuck with orange juice. Nice. And I don't do that. I, I'm not a big orange juice guy. I like the mimosas with pineapple. I, so I'm not a big juice guy generally. Oh, like okay. I don't like, uh, like I, I like the completely fake apple juice, which isn't a real thing. <laughs> like it's not real. Um, <laughs> but like orange juice, no, no, none of that, none of that pulp either. No. I don't like pulp at all. Get out of here with that thickness in my drink. I don't want that. I do love me mimosas though. Mimosas are great. Drink. Well, I'll take a mimosa any day and twice on Sundays over the other breakfast alcoholic beverage, the Bloody Mary. Oh, Bloody terrible. Marys are. Oh my God, they're so bad. Why I, does anybody enjoy doing that to themselves? I hate them. I Awful. don't like V8 juice or type. tomato juice of any sort. I don't want any of that. And I don't want I don't want roughage in my drink or spiciness. <laughs> who wants that? So who wants any kind of spice early in the morning first? Like just who wants that? And second, who wants that in alcoholic beverage? Yeah, I, I think we've talked about this before. I don't want food in my drink no like, god no i don't want i don't want muddled. to eat a celery stalk or whatever in my drink yeah no i don't like that stuff i don't want no. the mint like a mint julep i don't want pieces of mint no, and then in you've the got it stuck drink. to your lips and what? stuff when you're like, drinking it well make... and also like you get a vodka tonic i don't want the stupid like lime or lemon in there either like i don't, I don't want mind that. like a piece of citrus in there squeeze, i'll, I'll squeeze it but i'm not gonna drink it with it in there like yeah. they've like they've got it like stuck in a little little pointy thing no i don't want that yeah but Get I don't like pulp. I don't like that stuff. But I like when I would coach volleyball, like we do like a Saturday morning class in Hermosa and you got to go to Sharky's afterwards. They would just bring like pitchers of pineapple mimosas and you just like go through those things. Like I love me drinking some mimosas like mid afternoon or early morning. Like I like those. Nothing wrong with a mimosa. So we did a morning show. We had to get the mimosas and Dave made a very specific donut request. Yes. Which I delivered on. It wasn't. It was a great donut. You say, He's like, I. Eat like a kid. It was white uh, frosted. I with like sprinkles. white frosted with sprinkles, like a child. They had one left. Like that yeah. was the only one left. I love the cream filled. I get the like Boston cream. I'm sure you like the cream filled. I love I just like more sweets. Yeah, you yeah. Because I'm also like a child, like a small child. <laughs> like literally, give me a bowl of M and M's. No, but like when you're a kid, you don't like the cream filled because it's like an unexpected surprise in the middle. Oh, like you want certainty when you're a child. Like children like what I like, which is something with sprinkles. sprinkles it looks right yeah it's got a hole in the middle so there's nothing hidden there's no jelly there's in no, it because oh, okay. that's the thing you're gonna be surprised when you're getting like something with filling as a kid you're like i don't know if that's jelly or cream i don't want to know i like give me something with a hole in the middle i love maple ones too yeah I, so you ever been to vermont they put maple in everything there. they do put a lot of maple yeah yeah i went to high much. school in massachusetts like literally could drive to vermont in yeah, an hour too so. much too much maple Okay, well, I guess we'll wrap it up. We get a little three minutes of extra because we did talk a lot of Pac-12 football. We needed some superfluous bullshit. Well, like and I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't insert myself into Eric's email about the Wreck-It Ralph because I've never seen it, and so I couldn't really, you know, expand everyone's horizons there. Yeah, mine own are uh, are limited. So I punted that to the next week, and 
even you couldn't feel the punt. So that that was a tough one. That was a tough yeah. one, Eric. I'm sorry. Um, not uh, it wasn't a it wasn't not a cultural touchstone for me. Um, even as a parent of small children. All right. Well, we'll see who ends up getting wins. Um, Arizona, maybe maybe they'll schedule Bishop Sycamore here soon just to get one of those. They're going to get one against BYU on this weekend. We'll see. All right. Uh, All right. They do got well. They got Northern Arizona, I think, week two. So they're going to get a win. That twelve game losing streak. They're going to be add. they're going to be two and zero after that game. Wow. All right. We'll, we'll see. For David Woods, I am Ryan Abraham. Thanks for tu- so much for tuning in to the podcast of champions. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 